you are listening to the wild soul podcast a podcast for the wild ones join me your host queen namaste as we embark on a journey to find our true north and our own unique path from wild inspired conversations to searching for life's hidden gems and meanings with a little dash of crazy in between because really who doesn't want to dance to the beat of their own drum Hi, Soul Fam. Welcome back to the Wild Soul Podcast. I am your host, Queen Namaste. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things wild. Nothing is left off the table. And I interview amazing people from around the world, lifting and shifting the consciousness and making this planet better than how they found it. So if it is your first time, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. And if it is not your first time, welcome back. Real quick housekeeping. If you find this episode inspiring or has helped you in any ways, please share it, review it, subscribe, leave a review or rating on iTunes, and then just take a screenshot of it and share it, share it, share it to your social media platforms. Tag the Wild Soul Podcast. And today I have a guest that you can tag, Dreamer CEO Daniel Mangana. So this dude is super fly <laughs> and I am so excited for this episode like I am every week because I just have an ama- amazing souls that just come onto the podcast. I'm so blessed to meet these wonderful human beings of light. But yeah, Daniel. What up, Daniel? If you're listening, thank you so much. He is a man of many talents. He is an author. He is a podcast host. He is a wealth and business coach. He's all of the things. So today in our episode, we actually talk about a lot of cool things, how it all started as well, which was interesting for me to find out that Um, how this whole thing came to be with his business now came out of a suicide attempt or wanting to not fail at committing suicide. So that was really interesting. Um, How money is a way of keeping score, how everything is expectation, how there's a million different ways to manifest and not just one, Um, why he thinks you should stop meditating and something that brings you to your intention and how intention is very important in setting. I'm not going to give that away to you because you have to listen to the episode for that, but it was a really good nugget. I wrote it down and I am going to keep it in my back pocket forever. (laughs) So enough about myself and talking. I'm just going to get right into this episode with Daniel and all the links are on the show notes for you to connect with him or for you to connect with me more and get on this podcast if you are wanting to share your light, share your story, share your laughs and smiles with everybody. So without further ado, here is Daniel. All right. Dan Mangena. What? <laughs> Welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. I'm so excited for this combo. Thank you, Your Royal Highness, for having me uh, in your court of podcastness. I am excited. I am excited as well. Um, first question right out of the gates. I always ask my guests, who are they? Who is Dan? I am a strand of consciousness that currently exists in the time of space 
time and space it is Cabo, Mexico. I, uh, I moved through life as a speaker, an author, a change initiator of sorts. Uh, I'm a dad, I've got a newborn, I've got a stepdaughter. I have a Russian wife. Um, and for those who don't know this, the highest mortality rate of women killing their husbands is Russian women. So <laughs> I tread through life carefully. <laughs> yeah, one of my mates loves to remind me of that. Anytime I'm like, ah, oh, he's like, dude, be careful, man. <laughs> mortality rates. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm really blessed that I get to, to do what, what I love. Um, and I empower people to live lives where they get to do the same. That is so cool. I want to ask you all the questions. Like, how did, how did, how did it all start, I guess? Or maybe go, we'll go back to the beginning so like the audience can get a little bit more details about like how you came to do this work. Mm-hmm. So you, where did you grow up and did you always think that you were going to do this? Or like, tell me a little bit about your life story. So I grew up in East London, East London, born and raised. Uh, my parents moved out to Essex, which is like a, a county outside to the east of London uh, when I was about, I don't know, 10, something like that, 10 or 11. So uh, I actually had no intention at all of being any kind of teacher. I was really, uh, at one point I was going to be an inventor. Another point, for much of my life, consciously, I was going to be an investment banker. So I planned on doing that up until... I lost my place at Oxford University in something called the grade scandal that happened in 2002 in the UK. That's a whole other story. And then I decided I'm going to be a rebel. I'm not going to follow the system. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to defy everyone. I'm going to leave university and do my own thing, uh, which started <laughs> me on this crazy journey where I made and lost two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of 24. And after the t- second time of losing everything, I was like, oh shit, I've really messed up here. <laughs> Like, I should have just stayed at uni, gone to church every week with my mum, married that girl, had the 2.4 kids, worked in the city, and that's what I should have done. And the only reason why, looking down the barrel of that choice, I didn't commit a suicide, Your Royal Highness, is because I didn't want to fail at something else. I was so depleted of any beans in the tank for, like, I, I had no space, no capacity whatsoever for another failure. It's like, if I don't pull this off, it's going to be like the most pathetic grade of failure. <laughs> it's like, if you try and cut your wrists and you don't pull it off, you've got cut masks, marks forever. So everyone's going to see it. If they pump your stomach, people are going to be sailing around your, host, your, your hospital bed like, oh, poor you. Like, and I didn't want that. I didn't want a big splash. I just wanted it to be done and dusted with. So the only reason why I didn't do that is because I, I, I was like, well, I've got to work out how to successfully commit suicide. So what I did was, and this is going to sound really crazy, but I went back to the model that I'd been using to create successfully up until it stopped working up until that time. And I was like, okay, so I've got a way to create my own reality, which was working until it stopped working. So if I find out why it stopped working, I can fix it and use it to pull off suicide. And that's what I got obsessed with. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got obsessed with. You got obsessed um, with the, the idea of killing yourself. Well, not even, it wasn't so much even killing myself. It was not failing at killing myself. That's what it was. The, the thought of suicide, it wasn't like a, oh, this is my obsession. Like I was like watching videos on YouTube and stuff. That's not what it was. <laughs> it was, well, 
this is just the logical thing to do now because like I've got nothing else to contribute. Okay, now that I've identified that, I need to successfully do it. And that's what I got obsessed with. So it wasn't like the suicide aspect that became the focus. It was successfully working out what wasn't working. And then I'm going to use it to do the logical step, which is just to not be here anymore. That's just what it was very matter of factly. There was no heightened emotion. There was no like deep, dark depression. But my depression has been classed um, was smiling depression I think is what they call it that's like the official term where you get like the dip but the dip is held in this container which I think is a very um a very tricksy form of depression because it's like uh, positive what do they call it toxic positivity it's like it's, it's it's not it's not real but it's it's manageable um anyway the next decade was evolving from that until I got to the point where I spent so much time polluting my mind with positive inputs so that I could work out what had gone wrong. I accidentally reprogrammed myself and I didn't want to kill myself anymore. I just wanted to, to choose life. So I accidentally reprogrammed my mind, which is pretty cool. And now I still get, I mean, people say, well, when was the big point where you chose life? I didn't have that. I kind of get faced with that choice still from time to time. It's like, Oh, Oh, but I'm resourced now to keep choosing life. And that's where it is. But it, it came from <laughs> wanting to pull off something and resourcing myself to pull it off and ended up where I am today. Wow. Okay. So you got obsessed with wanting to end your life and then you reprogrammed yourself. And accidentally. Accidentally. And then <laughs> So, and then it, did that spawn the inspiration of like writing the books and then starting to coach no. other people to get out? Like, did you coach people to get um, out of suicide too? I had no intention of any of that yeah. at all. <laughs> I was just like, so after a couple of years, I think it was, the seeds that were planted, even by my choice, which was, hang on, I've got to depend on myself. The seeds that were planted became the foundations for my beyond intention paradigm model, which is the four step model that I, I live by and that I, I teach people. And that was that everything that I want to create, I'm the common thread. Logically speaking, it makes sense that anything that I want to change is going to be based on a change within myself. And then as I went on my journey, because I'd been in like mindset, I'd been in visualization, so it's about the age of like 16. So I started this journey in terms of all this kind of stuff, earning, reading the right books. I had a teacher at the age of 19 who took me down like the mystical path and I was learning about esoterics and mysticism and all that kind of good stuff. But there was these connective tissue pieces that were missing. And when I went on this journey, I was looking for those connective, those pieces of connective tissue. One of them I came across was like, like the quantum model and looking at how the quantum model kind of relates and not the overly simplified. I mean, like I was going in and reading like scientific papers and understanding, okay, what does that, how does that connect with that? And realizing that everything is expectation. That expectation is happening at an unconscious level. Those unconscious expectations are quite literally collapsing energy into the shape of matter. And I was like, oh, well, I haven't completely failed then yet because the story's not over because the story's never finished. It's in constant flux. And that's what became the, the path that I went down. I was like, all right, I'm going to use this to go and like prove everybody wrong. And I'm going to overcome everything that I fudged up before and I'm going to be a success and I'm going to keep it this time. 
I wasn't obsessed with making loads and loads and loads of money because I've, I've already done that. I've done like the crazy big stuff. Now I just wanted to live a nice life. So I managed to get myself up to having, you know, a seven figure business. Uh, I had a beautiful home in London. I flew first class. I had a watch collection. I had tailored suits. I had a nice life and it wasn't one that required any pomp and fuss. I just had the stuff that I wanted. And in the midst of that, and this is where the universe can be a butthole. In the midst of all that, people are like, oh my God, you should be a coach. Oh my God, why am I going to do that? Like, I have a lot of money. <laughs> like, I date hot women. I've got a watch for every day of the week. Like, I've got my tailor. Like, I can wake up in the morning and fly first class where I want to fly. That's what I wanted. Like, I've done it. I've kept it. But the voice kept getting louder and louder and louder and the synchronicities and the signs kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'd been working on the book about Beyond Intention for like a decade. I tried so many times to write it. It was like an ego-driven narrative for a while and I scrapped that version. And the book was kind of ready to go. I had start, set up to do a podcast, but not for this kind of stuff, just like a business podcast. So I had to do it with Dan for that. I was like, all right, cool, I guess. I'm going to do that. And then I had a Jonah and the whale thing. And then I basically got dragged into this world, your highness. I got dragged here and I'm so glad that I did. I had no intention of being here, but now that I'm here, I wouldn't give it up for anything. Yeah. I think the, uh, what I heard there too, when you're like, Oh, the synchronicities and the signs is like, I, I was good on my own, but it was like, it seems like service and service to others. Yeah. But, you were meant to do and I honestly feel like we're all meant to help each other and that's what service to self and then service to others but in serving ourselves we also help others definitely definitely so that's really awesome cool and so now you're so you have like a do you do like a full-time coaching thing like or is it like a six-month program or what is it can you explain like your number one thing like what people know you for Number one thing people know me for now is probably the money game. That's like the thing that I'm more popular for, like my money manifestation tool that I created. Then after that would be my micro to millions program, which is an ongoing program that people can come in and come out of. And it's just supporting people creating whatever level of wealth that they want. But the key thing that people understand when they get into micro to millions is it's not about the money. It's about mastering your ability to create your reality on purpose and money is just a really easy way of keeping score. That's all it is. It's like, if we were to set off and say, okay, we're gonna develop mastery and manifesting, we're going to take the tools, which doesn't matter what you're creating, reality still works the same way. And we're gonna make, I don't know, 20 grand a month for your business, or you're gonna create a hundred grand a year of income so you can replace your income, or you're gonna top up, whatever it is. When we get there, we know we've done it, we know it works. If we don't get there, we can look back and say, well, that went wrong there. That didn't happen there. And we can tweak it. So it's just a really easy way of keeping score. One of the most beautiful things I love about the construct of the universe is that the separation between things is a man-made construct. So how my relationships and how my health and how my purpose and my happiness and my wealth all show up is the same because it's the same me that's reflecting out as these things. So if I change me using one thing as a measuring stick, everything else changes too. So people come for money and find love, 
your relationships, their health gets better, they're happier, they've got purpose, they feel directed, they're doing what they love, and the money just became the way for them to do that. So um, it's predominantly group work. Some people, once you get to six figures, then you're available for me to invite you to come and do more one-on-one work with me in my six-figure club. But generally speaking, it's the group work that we do. Um, we've got a beautiful community and we support each other and lift each other up. You know, people have been through stuff like losing children and all sorts of stuff. And the community just wraps around them and lifts them up. And it's just a beautiful space to be in. It sounds lovely. And I feel now more than ever, that's what we need is community. Community. <laughs> With what's going on in the world and stuff mm-hmm. and a lot of divide and separation. And I feel that the world is shifting um, in a lot of different ways. But mm-hmm. that, it's funny that I'm having this interview with you right now because that was one of my um, like intentions for 2021 is to like become abundant. And I know like uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So when you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, people come for money, but they get this and that and the other because it's mm-hmm. all related. It's, it's all, all related. related. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hmm, maybe could you give like, like some examples or like if you had like a couple of steps to help mm-hmm. people either mm-hmm. be more abundant or maybe talk about expectations because you said it was all about expectations didn't you just say that yeah 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 because <laughs> yeah. basically if we look at the split test experiment which is often oversimplified when people talk about it but the split test experiment gave us two things we spoke about the observer effect and that energy collapsed through the slots as it was expected to when someone was looking at it so the expectation and the observer come together to create the reality of light showing up where it was supposed to show up. When we cross-reference that with like Schrodinger's cat experiment, it's like when there's no expectation, we have infinite possibility. There's a great quote that I heard the other day, which is where nothing is certain, all things are possible. And when we're in that space of infinite possibility, we can then consciously direct our expectations to call in the outcome that we want. For me, an intention is disrupting whatever our unconscious calling in is because we're always creating that reality as it unfolds around us. We're always calling in outcomes. Okay, um, the sun's going to be blue. That's a collective agreement. The sky's going to be blue. That's a collective expectation. It's, it rises in the east and sets in the west. Collective expectation. We have this concerted effort towards a fear-driven collective expectation that happens now, right? And people subscribe to it or they don't. But we have these unconscious ones, like I expect that my heart's going to beat. It's a pre-programmed expectation that creates the reality of my heart beating by itself. I don't tell it to beat. I didn't tell my lungs to breathe. I didn't tell the telomeres to keep growing in my body. All of that's happening. But there are conscious ways that we want to step in and disrupt the things that don't necessarily serve us best when left unconscious, such as my financial state the relationships that I'm going into, uh, my, my state of health. I can step in and disrupt whatever the unconscious pattern is with an intention. So first thing I would love to invite people to do is if we're talking about abundance, ask themselves, where are they now? Have they taken honest stock of where they're at now? Because that's going to give you a clue as to what your expectations have been. Because if you haven't had a conscious relationship to it, it's been running on the unconscious and the environment doesn't lie about what we're creating unconsciously. Okay. So if I'm following correctly, you said intent with the observer effect, because I just recently heard about this too, or whatever, when like mm-hmm. people have like conscious effort or they're, yeah, they're observing something 
stuff happens to mm-hmm. it more, right? That's mm-hmm. what Jen, yeah. you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, so intention is good. You want yes. the intention. And not, it's not always needed, but it's good. Right. So you don't want it to run unconsciously, though, is what you're saying. So yes. I want to be abundant and take stock of where I am now. Mm-hmm. Because then I, you know where you're going. Okay, yeah, did that. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's like, I mean, look, someone walks, someone walks in and says, hi, Dan, I want to be rich. Okay, well, what is your concept of rich? Oh, it's having lots of money. How much is a lot of money? What do you want it for? We need to develop a conscious relationship to where we're at and the outcome that we want so that we can create a roadmap to it. I mean, I told this story in my book, Stepping Beyond Intention, which is where I teach all about the Build Intention Paradigm. And uh, I told this story about when I went to the wrong airport at the wrong time to get a plane to the right place. Now, I was meant to go to Toronto to be a TV show. My assistant had sent me a number of options for flights. I picked one. She booked the right one. I went to the wrong airport for the wrong flight. So I'm at the desk, like, you know, going to check in. And I travel a lot, right? So I just walk up to the desk and you know, I gave them the passport. I didn't even look at the stuff. Julia's German, so she's on point. They're like, we can't find you. Well, I can't find. It's because I've gone to the wrong freaking airport. My plane had already landed in Toronto from, from, uh, from Newark Airport. I'm standing in JFK looking for a flight that's not there. A lot of us are doing that in our life. We're standing in the airport when, you know, our tickets for the bus or, you know, we're standing at the bus station when our plane's already in the sky because we haven't developed a conscious relationship to where we are in relationship to where we're going so that we can actually have that effective path. We always say, oh, oh, I'm, I'm abundant. We've got the check on the wall. We wake up. I'm happy and wealthy. No, you're not, mate. You're sad. And you're broke. So let's, <laughs> let's develop. A co- and this isn't like beating ourselves up, right? Yeah. Or shame or guilt or anything. It's just honest stock of where we are. I think we need to look at allowing ourselves to lovingly hold the truth of our current space, remembering that no truth is permanent. Everything's impermanent because we live in a malleable universe. So yeah, okay, right now my account's overdrawn and my credit cards are a bit run up. If I can look at that dispassionately with self-love, then I can start to deliberately set intentions to create a path to me having that flipped where the credit card company owes me money, my bank balance is flush. Not for the sake of being flush, but so that I can have the capacity to enjoy the things that I want to enjoy in my life. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it's just, um, I can really relate to that right now. I literally had that experience this morning, so it's like super fresh. So it's <laughs> But yeah, self-love, self-love, like, all right, cool. This is what's happened. The choices that I've made up until now have got me here. Cool. What choices am I going to make now going forward? And that's where the magic is. Not head in the sand, you know, I'm waiting for my miracle. No, like the effect of the situation changes, demands a different cause because it's past causes that have given me that effect. So if I want a new effect, I need a new causation. A conscious relationship to where I am now into where I want to go opens me up to manifesting the path, the opportunities, the resource connections, the confirmations, the conditions and the synchronicities for me to make my way there. But everything moves through the rules of time and space when we bring it back to time and space. Mm-hmm. Time and space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you've heard of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, yeah? 
Have you? Oh, yeah, 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 I've been, been to a few. Did tequila shots with him a couple of years ago. No way, really? Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. That was a manifestation. Wow. Okay, yeah, I can't wait. Let's just uh, talk about that for a second. Just like <laughs> and Dr. Joe Dispenza, because I was just watching his show on Gaia, like Rewired. And, like, oh, nice. A couple of episodes left, but that's what he was talking about. Observer effect, and then, yeah, time and space, because what did he say? Is like Time, we, space, space, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We mm-hmm. as we're moving through space, that's how we like measure time or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Some of it goes over my head, but it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. So, like for you with manifesting, is there a certain way that you're like, yep, this is the way, like this is how you actually do it? Are there lots of different ways to manifest, or is there like a certain procedure? Let's just explore this for a second okay. because you get people that say this is the only way to manifest. These are the rules of manifesting. But for that to be the case, then we don't have infinite possibility. Mm. Think about that logically. For any one way to be the only way to manifest, then we've just reduced infinite possibility into constricted options. And that's not the way the universe works. Wow. (laughs) Right? But then the, the flip side to that, though, is people incorrectly, for me, and this is my belief system so that's how my reality is constructed that possibility automatically equals probability and it doesn't just because everything's possible doesn't mean everything's probable so what we're doing with manifestation is increasing the probability of our connection to a possibility right and that i makes would sense? yeah i would feel it yeah because there's a possibility of everything like i could be the possibility of like love and light and all this crap but if i don't mm-hmm. actually take the action and the if you don't connect to it and increase the probability so action for example people throw action in the bin they're like i'm a manifest i don't need to take any action i meditate this morning yeah but where are you in time and space where are you in relationship to that outcome because at the end of the day our connection to source energy and the various potentials are based on our relationship to it not even through time and space but through where we're at but Closer proximity in time and space makes it easier. So for example, there's a quantum, there's a quantum potential where I can give you a high five through this computer and you're going to feel the high five. That possibility exists. However, the probability of you and I having a high five would be much higher if I was sitting next to you on the sofa. We could have a high five. So the work that needs to be done in order for us to effect, to have that effect, right, to reach that manifestation becomes easier when we stack the cards in our favor through increased proximity in time and space, having arms, lifting our arms up, (laughs) you know, people go through this thing of, Oh, you know, I'm going to manifest everything. I'm not going to take any action. And I had this person once that quote to me, you know, Yogananda didn't need to work. God provided everything for him. Yogananda spent most of his life in the mountain connecting to source energy and being a pure manifestation of source. Right. We'll talk about oh, Jesus, he turned water to wine. He didn't need everywhere he went. God looked after him. Yeah, but he also spent a lot of years in the desert learning from their scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can quote these people, but do we necessarily want to go and have to spend a decade learning mysticism or going up to the mountains to meditate for 20 hours a day? Or let's just take some action and have it now. <laughs> you know, people that are into consciousness and conscious expansion, they want to have an abundant life which is the natural order of things, by the way, abundance is our natural state. Look at nature, nature is abundant. 
But instead of them just, I don't know, learning how to manage a business and starting a business or delivering value to people to exchange for, oh, I'm going to manifest, I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to manifest it. No, I'm not going to start a business. I'm not going to exchange value. I'm not going to go and get a job. I'm going to, okay. Or you could just cut, the, cut the, the time required and go out and take some action. So, you know, putting all that aside, at the end of the day, going back to the thing about possibilities, right? Each of us have our own vibrational frequency and how that correlates to the vibrational frequencies available in the universe, right? Because we're all a unique strand of source. So we've all got our own frequency. So my frequency for happiness is going to be different to yours. Now, measurably, it's going to be the same, but how you relate to it and interpret it as a divine being is going to be different to me. So how we step into vibration is different. Our thought processes are based on the experiences that our mind has taken in. No two people, even if they're identical twins, have had exactly the same experience with reality. So our unconscious mind is going to be relating differently. So the way that I'm going to need to reprogram my mind to support me creating something is going to be different. We all have different physical capabilities. We've all got different physical aptitudes. We've all got different ways that we embody and feel things in our body. So our neural pathways are all different because our brains aren't exactly the same, right? So what we're ultimately doing, I feel, and this is just my belief, and it's working pretty darn well with the people that I share it with, right, is where am I and where do I want to go so I can set an intention? How can I connect to the vibrational frequency of that outcome? I'm going to experience that as an emotion. So what are the emotions that I need to feel? My way of stepping into those emotions is going to change. For one person, it might be meditation. For another person, it might be breath work. For other people, it might be tantric sex. Whatever it's going to be for you, what's your unique path? Forget comparanoia. Forget following other people's path. Use it as a guide to finding your own way. Your thought quality, what are you thinking? What are you expecting in your mind and how are you programming that expectation to match what you want? How you get there is going to be different. For someone, it might be binaural beats. For some person, it might be the meditation or do the same job. For another person, it's going to be visualization. For some, another person, hypnosis. Another person, NLP. We're all different, but finding my own path. And then when it comes to embodying it, I'm going to have a different way of embodying, of embodying that reality, of connecting myself in time and space. Because it's going to be based on my path, my experiences, my desires, my neural pathways. So knowing myself and taking actions to bring me closer in time and space to the thing that I've already set the, the momentum up for me to receive. So my flow funnel is what I call it. What am I, think what am I choosing, feeling, thinking, and doing? Choose, feel, think, do. Very easy. But then having a relationship to myself so that I can consciously step into choosing, feeling, thinking, and doing what brings me to my intention. That was perfect. And I feel like <laughs> people that are listening, they can do that. What am I choosing, feeling, thinking, doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. I really like how you put that into, yeah, <laughs> the processing it all, but it was good. Um, which reminded me is you're like, some people might, it might be meditation or NLP or whatever, were you the person that I read that you're like, I don't meditate or I don't like meditation or something about that? I didn't say don't meditate. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> what <did you> <laughs> so this is a disruption technique uh, of me saying, stop meditating. And I've got a whole thing. I've got like a hat thing with hashtag stop meditating and a t-shirt line that, you know, we put out there. 
I bet that triggers people. Of course like, it does. That's the point. This guy think he is. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Yeah. Again, I'm going to ask you a, a question. Can I stop something I haven't started? Can I stop something I haven't started? No. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. If something's in motion. Like, possibilities. So like, let's see what you were saying. So my hand hasn't slapped. Can I stop my hand slapping my face if I haven't started to slap my face? I have to have started the motion of slapping to stop it. Oh, yes. I didn't say don't meditate. I said stop. Because what happens is when we're looking at the, the flow funnel that I just broke down for you, people may have an intention and then they'll go and meditate or they'll have their vision board. They'll do their yoga kriya every day and then don't do anything else. They just get stuck here. So I'm like, okay, we've done that bit now and let's stop that bit and get on with the rest of the process. We've handled that. What about the rest of the process of manifestation? Because we're not just energy beings. In fact, we manifested from pure energy into physical form. We have physical form. We have thoughts which aren't physical because we don't engage with our senses and they're not the emotions because our thoughts can be impacted by our emotions. So we have emotional states, we have mental state and we have our physical state. All of these things come together to create. But if we get so caught up in just doing plant medicine, for example, just living all my life astrally projecting into the void, just meditating for 20 million hours a day, then how the fudge am I going to get the rest of it done? But how am I going to actually do what I came to earth to do anyway, which is to have the freaking experience, right? If, like Ethan's only a month old, but you know, Ethan gets just 15 years old or 13 years old, however they are old they are when they go to camp, you know, if every time we go to camp, he goes to the camp and comes straight back out, he says, oh, you know, I don't want to go to camp, Dad, I want to go home. He's not going to have the experience of going to camp. He's not going to have, we go to the airport, we go through the gate, get on the plane and then get off and come back again. It's like, well, you haven't had the holiday. Right. You know, oh, you know, I need to connect to the void and I feel connected to my fifth dimensional light family. Your light family is still going to be there when you finish having your earth experience. Just, yeah, exactly. you know, suck it up. <laughs> Quit being a little bitch ass snail. Come and have the earth experience and then go back and report later. Instead of running away for all of, oh, I'm going to connect to the field. I'm an empath. I can't really connect with these people. I need to be in the solace of my meditation. We're right. here to have life, have the life experience exactly. and then deal with the rest of it after. Yes, we came here exactly to have the earth experience. Mm -hmm. Wherever we're going after, we will be there then. So it's like, be here now. Exactly. Just yeah. like good old Baba Ramda says. What what is next for Dan? For like, Dan? Uh-huh. What are you currently manifesting in your time and space? <laughs> <laughs> um, more impact is what we're doing right now. I'm infiltrating the mainstream with this information. Infiltrating the mainstream. I like yeah, that. <laughs> infiltrating the mainstream like a, a recon. <laughs> Like, you know, we're doing like, it was in Forbes magazine a couple of weeks back. Um, I'm going to be on NBC talking about these concepts. Wow. Um, we're just doing, just done another edit of the book. I'm going to do like a massive campaign, investing some money and putting that in more people's hands. So I'm going to do a campaign where people can get the book for free, just like pay for the postage and packaging. Um, really pushing out the podcast again, infiltrating the mainstream and taking this content and putting it in people's hands. And it's giving people the opportunity to ask themselves if this is their, their groove or not. You know, it might not be. 
I'm not for everyone. Everyone has their own way of connecting, right? But I want to gather those for whom this is the way and give them the opportunity to have more abundant, joyful, purpose in life. Because look, legacy's taken on a whole new thing for me now. I've got a kid. I'm thinking, all right. Congratulations, by the way. A Thank month you. old. That's so so fresh and yeah, so new. How is how is fatherhood? Do you love it? He's him? just dope. He's he's yeah. dope. He's just a, such a cool little guy. Um, people have said before about, are you gonna love? Are you gonna love your baby? It's like you don't get it until you've got one. <laughs> it's like until <laughs> you got one. Sniff him and play with his little hands and stuff. But I'm thinking, like long term, kids, grandkids where are they like what earth are they going to be inhabiting and have i done my part to contribute to right. the warriors of light who are setting up to ensure that this world actually does even survive <laughs> to survive its current onslaught of stuff so that it's available for them to, to have contribution so i'm always about growth i think that's the natural order of things when you're not growing you're dying but that growth for me has got very much a legacy driven aspect to it so every day i show up and ask myself how can i add more to the world today um and do so so that my kids actually have somewhere to live isn't a yeah. piece of poop <laughs> well that's the thing i was always like oh yeah people are like do you want kids i'm like honestly i don't know well for one i don't want to hold that frequency of like the word the earth is shit because it's not shit it's beautiful and amazing but some other yeah. stuff that has been happening <laughs> isn't it interesting yeah right and then uh, <laughs> And then I'm also like, well, there's so many children in the world that don't have love right now. Mm. There's so many people on the planet. And I'm like, but I love what you said, the warriors of light, because that's what I think is happening. Mm -hmm. The little beings that are coming into the world now. That's definitely for. So mm -hmm. yeah, congratulations for that. Thank that's you. So exciting. And um, when I like what you say when you're not, if you're either you're growing or you're dying. And I feel like Tony Robbins says that. I love Tony yeah. Robbins. Everybody he's, that. He's, yeah. he's one of the, I think in terms of like infiltrating warriors of light, he's one. Cause I mean, you get on the surface, you think it's just one thing and then you go beneath the surface. He's like in on stage doing energy work and he's like getting people to master themselves so that they have the capacity to go out and create. He's on the front lines. Yes. He's who definitely is, on the front lines. Who would be, who is your mentor? Like if people, people really like you and they're like, Oh, where does like he get his inspiration from? Like, do you have somebody? We were talking about Joe Dispenza, and you're saying you yeah. have a shot with him. Like, I kind of want to know that story because <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that story. But like, I mean, I've been at this game, like I said, since I was about 16. And how, know, sorry, how old are you now? I am 37 now, so I've been at this. I've been at this for a, a little minute. But I've had mentors through books and programs i've had mentors in person or live events now i get to invest i mean i invested like 170 ish thousand in my personal development last year you know i'm blessed that i can afford now to really get top class mm -hmm. mentorship support and coaching and i continue to develop and, and spend time working on myself but i would say ultimately if i was going to go like top people in terms of intentionality it's been the work of the guides through Paul Selig. Paul Selig's a channel and his stuff has been really powerful in refining my work with intention of late. Before then, intentionality, I would say, was probably more, probably more the Tony Robbins, the T-Rob stuff that I'd done. I started doing T-Rob stuff back 2015 when I started doing his stuff. Um, an early mentor of mine was a guy called Stuart Goldsmith. He's a millionaire from the UK. Um, 
that was probably the most impactful book that I read early on in my career in terms of physical action and really creating success. What was the book? Uh, the Midas Method. Midas Method. Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. It's hard to find, but a really, really great book. If you can't find it, I've got a PDF I'll send you. Um, that's a really, really cool book. In terms of like the mind now, definitely uh, one of my mentors, David Nagel, a lot of stuff from him on like mind and like having your mind tuned in. I've got less famous people that have helped me out. Um, in terms of embodiment, definitely the work I've done with Reality Transurfing. I'm a certified instructor for that. I do a lot of work with that. So Renee, my mentor there is really powerful. One of my mentors, Greg Reed, when it comes to business and success, he took over from writing a lot of books for the Napoleon Hill Foundation. A really cool guy. He's been on my podcast before as well. Uh, so I've got a lot of, you know, no disrespect to any, any of my peeps that I've forgotten out, but just in terms of like a snapshot, yes, yes. like these are some people that have really impacted me. But one thing I'd encourage people to do if you're looking for mentorship is uh, a practice I've got called the five boxes exercise. And I've got a video about it on my YouTube channel. It's like a five minute video that explains it. But essentially it's to pick five core areas that you want to improve in your life or five core areas that mean the most to you. And you can interrogate these and change it all the time. Right now for me, it's financial freedom, fatherhood, consciousness and spiritual expansion, purpose and meaning and personal power, like personal mastery. Those are my five areas. So I've got a core book for each one of them that I use as like my guide, like my Bible for that. I've got a mentor and I've got a, um, like a role model for each one of those areas. And basically that gives me something really focused that I can put my attention in. So I've got a keyword, an emotional frequency that match, that, that is like my core for each of those. So when I wake up in the morning, I run through those five words. Okay, these are my targets. I wanna fill these, embody these five frequencies as much as I can today. Today, I wanna consume co some content or do something that's gonna expand me in one of those areas today. As much as possible, I do courses and read books and go to programs and watch, listen to podcasts mm -hmm. around my mentors in those areas. Uh, as much as possible, I research or do things that inspire me to be more like my role models in those areas. And that gives me a really solid foundation. So you didn't hear me say health and fitness in there. Well, if I've got personal mastery, then my choice to be healthy and fit gets taken care of, mm. right? So there are things that people think are core, but they're not really core. They're kind of following from something else. There's something underneath that's found more foundational. So work on that. And that will really help, I think, the listeners tune into something to support them develop and mastery in those areas of their life. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom and your knowledge. And all um, your I'm just it. passing on something I got from someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Pick it up. That's great. Um, yeah. What is your pod? It's called Dream with Dan, right? No, Do It with Dan is the podcast. Do It with Dan. Sorry. Is there something <laughs> called Dream with Dan? Dream, Dream with Dan is my website. Okay. I'm Dream there with CEO everywhere. My website is Dream with Dan. <laughs> but um, yeah, Do It with Dan. I've had some really filthy jokes made about that over the I just did it with dad no you didn't stop stop it <laughs> that's awesome cool so yeah I was gonna say where can people find you but you kind of already said it but say it again dreamwithdan.com everything's right. there books podcasts free resources um whoever doing web classes and free events it's going to be on the events page all that good stuff amazing perfect thank you so much Dan you're cool I like you Thank you, Highness. To have uh, the royal seal of approval is quite divine. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. I guess I should uh, step into that, the royal highness, the queen. Do it. You know? Claim it. Right? Claim it. Yeah, might as well. Claim it.
Thank you. Namaste. Namaste.